As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hey everybody, it's Zach Harper. Some would call me the voice of The Athletic. Some also really wouldn't call me that and wouldn't like me saying it. Probably my bosses. You know me from The Athletic NBA Show on The Athletic Podcast Network. I do basket buds on Monday. I do point of contention on Thursday. Now you also know me from the restricted area. What's the restricted area, you ask? I'm so glad you asked me that. It's The Athletic's new weekly YouTube show. That's right. YouTube channel, The Athletic. It's me. It's Wozni Lambre. We're breaking down the most ridiculous and most interesting stories every single week. We're going to have a lot of fun. We'll make a lot of jokes. We'll have a lot of cool visuals. You won't want to miss this so go over to the athletics youtube channel make sure you smash that subscribe button smash that like button leave a nice comment leave a funny comment but just don't leave a rude comment but make sure you check it out we'll see you there well actually it's a video you'll see us there but if we could see you that'd be kind of creepy was daryl morey stepped down as general manager of the houston rockets recently i thought it'd be nice if we kind of like eulogize and celebrate our favorite daryl morey moments and so i would say the first one is just the tweets that you can see of him congratulating the Warriors in 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, and I think the Lakers in 2020 as he got eliminated every single year. It's just nice that he's willing to say, yeah, we got beat. The man was consistent, if nothing. Uh, the second one I'd like to bring up is that time he... Welcome to the Athletic NBA Show. Monday through Friday. On the Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome to the Athletic NBA Show, Basket Buds Edition on a Monday. I'm Zach Harper. We've got a good show for you. We've got Steven Silas with the Houston Rockets. We've got Daryl Morey and Elton Brand with the Sixers. A clutch workout that has drawn a lot of shade. And, uh, you know, we might be back in December. All that and more right here on the Athletic NBA Show. Bruh. New York strip steak? This is the Basketball Buds. Brace. Beef short ribs? Dang! With Zach Harper and your favorite athletic writer. Get mad at me, bro. I'm gone. Welcome to Basket Buds. I'm Zach Harper. That's Wozni Lambert. That's Dave DeFord. That's Trevon Edwards. We got Jade Hoy pushing buttons. And gentlemen, we're almost set with all of our coaching hires. We got one kind of just dangling there with the Oklahoma City Thunder, but everybody else is ready to go, including Steven Silas, who will be the Houston Rockets head coach. The finalists had been Jeff Van Gundy and John Lucas with James Harden and Russell Westbrook pushing for John Lucas to be the to be the guy. And then a late surge from Steven Silas, a dude who's been a lifer in the NBA. He's been an assistant or a scout for the last 21 years. And so, Trey, uh, I'm curious. Like, I love the hire for the Rockets. I think it's a great move. Steven Silas was one of the architects of the Dallas Mavericks offense last season that was the most efficient offense in NBA history. I think he's going to have a good rapport with the with you know Harden and Russ. Um, but that's also not going to be a totally easy team to coach unless they can get some changes in there. But what did you think of the Silas hiring? Well, I mean, to be honest, you know, he blew he blew them away pretty much in his interview. Um well, well overdue, you know, I mean, 20 years of experience, bright mind, gentle spirit, has a post for the guys pretty much, you know what I mean? Also has a long track record of development with guys, played a huge role with Steph, Kimba, and Luca, you know, um, terrific defensive coach, 
very good communicator. Like I said, has a wealth of knowledge. So like, it's interesting to see. I know his style is going to be balanced offense, balanced defense. Um, and on paper, that sounds great, but you're talking about James Harden and Russell Westbrook. So it's interesting to put those two players into that dream offense and dream defense that Steven Silas wants to run his team. So Dave, like what is, what can he do with this Rockets team? Like, let's assume they don't make any yeah. big changes. Like what is there to do to ensure that they can be as successful? Cause I think we can become a little numb to the idea, but like Mike D'Antoni is still a great coach, right? right? Like he did, he did a lot of good things with that Rockets team, even if it wasn't the most aesthetically pleasing stuff. Like they were very successful and very efficient. Um, so those are big shoes to fill. Uh, but maybe also you can get a little bit of a different style of play in there to kind of maybe make things easier for, for Harden. Uh, interesting. Um, we talk a lot about how much Daryl did to lean into James Harden and to accentuate his skills. I don't think we say enough about the way Dan Tony geared things toward James Harden. And I think that that's just how they're going to have to play. Unless there's a big time change, meaning I don't know. They bring in a really huge dive threat so they can run more pick and roll action at the basket instead of, you know, everything being for a step back. I think that you're just kind of stuck without a big change to the roster. So, I mean, that that is a really good question. Um, I don't know that we'll know the answer until we see what happens, you know, once uh, the draft and free agency occur. What, What can they really do, though? Right. That's the thing, right? Yeah. I mean, you could, you could, you got Covington, but he's one of your better players. So you can't lose him. I mean, I think you have to, but like on the court, you could maybe have some movement. (laughs) Oh yeah, sure. Maybe, you know, and I know James Uh, Harden. That was a good one, Zach. Oh, that's not going to happen. James Harden movie without the ball. (laughs) I know those guys are both well known for so James Harden passing and cutting things. I know, I know you're laughing. I know you're laughing, Waz, but year one and year two, uh, Harden at with the Houston Rockets was that player that we're laughing at that that the wishful thinkings playing off the ball, getting others involved, back cuts taking a mid-range jumper more often versus getting to the rack, trying to draw fouls. Um, and he just completely went away with away from that. So, um, but if, Trey, you of all people know you can't go, you can't go back to hamburger helper after having filet mignon, <laughs> baby. I mean, come on. Right. Right. That, that, You're right. Trey, that's, that's the other thing too, <laughs> is, is now, it's not, Trey. it's not like they weren't really good with James Harden playing that way. Right. That, like, that's were. the tough part. Like that's, a, yeah. I know that's what I'm saying. Like Trey, like that's, that's a tough thing too. Is like you tell James, "Hey, I think you can do it a better way." And he's like, "I've won MVP this way. We've won sixty games this way. Like, I right. think we're good, right?" And I don't think that's him being difficult. I think that's legitimately a difficult thing to convince someone. Hey, this thing that made you super successful, I actually think we should go away from it a little bit. Like, not an extreme, but just a little bit. Man, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I, you know, I, I totally you know agree. Me. Like, just, just even just try it out, man. <laughs> like, I mean, what's, I would love to see it. Like, what's the worst that can happen? It. And then, obviously, you know, they got David Nwaba coming off the um, the Achilles. Was it the Achilles injury? I'm not sure what it yeah, was. I mean, Achilles, yeah. And you know, he wants to take on a, on a challenge, obviously, of uh, you know, guarding the best player, et cetera, and, and adding you know to his three point shot and stuff like that. I think he's going to be a big help to the Rockets. Um, interesting to see what they're going to do with PJ Tucker. Great piece to dangle. Same thing with Covington. But what much are you getting back from that? That's the thing, you know. I think this is the chance that obviously they don't have any picks either, right? If they've given up pretty much everything. their draft capital. They, I think they have like a. Spent. I think they have a pick swap. Yeah, and, yeah. and, I, and yeah. I've seen everything. Obviously, from Russell being mentioned in New York and stuff like that. But like, you just kind of have to go for broke. I mean, Harden's getting older. Russell's getting older. They're both 31, 32 years old. Um, trying to go into the next season like blaze of glory. It's the last year to kind of little make that thing happen. Honestly, um, with these two. So whether they trade Russ for some other pieces or keep them and just try to go for broke it's interesting to see but see that's the issue right like you can't just trade russ yeah no i mean i think you honestly go backwards you know because like unless Mm -hmm. you just swing really heavy like and that's the thing you don't want harden in a rebuilding situation because he's at the like the top of his game either you're going to trade those two guys and just go for broke and just start all over or 
you know, you stick with and just let the let the Titanic ship sink. You know what I mean? And just go down plan. Yeah. So just put I mean, it by one, baby. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's so funny? I, I just have visions of Ru- not Russ, excuse me, Harden changing his game in, in such a way that he's he's doing the off ball stuff that Steph or even to a like a way lesser extent, but still very potent um way uh Jamal Murray moves off the ball and I'm like wow that's a deadly player but like the odds of James Harden becoming that kind of dude and you know I mean to me and this is you know I don't want to disrespect James Harden far be it for me but um I don't know that he's the conditioning type of guy right to do well, he also that he's stuff. better at that other stuff right like he's better having everyone play off him than vice versa I, but see, but I don't think it has your to be team either is just gonna or, be better. though. I don't think it has to be either or. I think a so, moving James Harden, who is a legitimate threat from three, mm-hmm. like straight up, he's a catch and shoot guy. He's a catch and sidestep dribble pull up guy. Like he has a diversity of threes. But you're not scared of him like Steph Curry. Right, so the relocation stuff is is good. Like I'm not saying that it's. Uh, I would yeah, say, but, but, but it's pretty but overwhelming. Steph's, but Steph's not right. as big a threat to take you to the rack as James Harden. So it's Fair. like or you know, like fouls. the way you got the way you got to guard. He's going to be difficult to guard if he's playing that way because he has so many ways to attack you. But I, I, I you know, I, I know we had skinny Harden during the bubble. I mean, before the bubble started, and then miraculously he came into the bubble. You know, looking yeah, but, like he but put chunky on the- Harden. Chunky Harden played a little defense, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That, I mean, he had some. He had his moments against OKC. That's for for sure. I don't know that he was that big of a threat against the Lakers defensively, though. But you know, yeah, but, yeah, let, yeah, let me know, go back to your stuff. Steph and, and Jamal thing. So the other thing that those guys have is a a highly skilled passer to play off of, and I think that that's something that the Rockets should be thinking about. Can they get a four or a five who can play make a little bit, and then you? You do have the option of running stuff starting at the elbow or, or you know, run, running some of that mid-post stuff that, that the Warriors and the Nuggets run. I but think again, that's a roster with, change. I think if yeah. you play with some actual space, those passing angles are much easier, right? Like A lot the, of it comes down to Russ on this. Sure, and I think he's good enough with a space mm-hmm. floor to make good reads, right? Mm-hmm. I think when— I mean, we saw it. When the offense is, you know, more condensed, when the paint is more condensed and these these windows to make these passes, because obviously Russ, when he has the ball, isn't a threat to shoot and the defense can sag off of others. I don't think he's, you know, obviously he's not a, a, a Harden or LeBron level guy where they'll find any window and get it to a guy. Uh, but I think if they play with some type of space, Russ can find people. He did pretty good. Like, in those limited times when it was him and Steven Adams playing pick mm-hmm. and roll with three decent shooters, like, he was good enough to find people when the lanes are, are large enough. Um, obviously, he's not some freaking pinpoint Steve Nash diamond people up type, but I think he's more than adequate well, at that. Yeah, and we also need to see what that looks like when Russ isn't coming off of COVID and, and, right. and then, what was Fair. it, a quad injury or a hamstring injury mm-hmm. or whatever it was? Like, Well, it looked it looked pretty good when we did see it, you uh, know, for uh, that little stretch. Yeah, we and, saw a little bit of a stretch and tore, right before the pandemic. Like, he was balling. Like, he was he was playing really well. I still don't think that style with the small ball is something you can do for an entire season. Right. I think it was fine for, like, all right, final stretch of the season and playoffs, we'll see what we can do. But asking that for a full, you know, 72 80 games 82 game season whatever whatever that is in the future like that that's something that like man I don't I don't think you can ask Tucker and Covington to do that and I, I think, think it like, makes it less tough. effective when teams mm-hmm. are able to see it all year it's not a curveball you know right, yeah exactly. yeah I think that makes it the, the element of surprise is just so lost you know even though in a seven game series eventually people are gonna catch up to some of your best stuff. But still, man, I think there's an element of surprise that just gets taken away when you dedicate your mm-hmm. whole damn roster to not having anybody <laughs> over six foot seven. I, I, I'm really curious to see how they come out and, and fill the rest of their roster out. Because, I mean, obviously, they're going to get a pick, like, like you just mentioned. They have to have one just because of the way the NBA schedule works. You should get Dwight. Um, but I'm... <laughs> I mean, <laughs> don't he rule it out. <laughs> no, I will 100% rule he's, that out. He's, he's either going, to the, he's either going he's, back to the Lakers or he's going to the, to the Warriors. He's Maybe he's just going to go around and, and chase rings now. And, and 
I don't know. He's yeah. not going to Houston for that. But yeah, you know. I don't think that's much of a chase. Yeah. <laughs> Something else. By the way, they don't have a draft pick this year unless yeah. they trade for one. They, they, their pick is going to the Nuggets in the first round, and their second round pick is going to the Kings. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they have a pick swap next year. And um, it's going to be uh, undrafted free agent season for them. Yeah. But I, I want to like, I do want to emphasize, like, I still think that's a tough conversation with Harden again, not because he's not because he's difficult or it's wrong, but like they were really good playing that style. It's just right. There's a difference between regular season good and playoff good. Right. Yeah. And, and again, you, but you, for all the reasons you mentioned to a certain degree, we kind of have to throw out a lot of stuff that we saw once they were in the bubble. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I Absolutely. mean, if if you're the Rockets, you have to think that way. What's the alternative? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're you know, kind of stuck, right? So you might as well be an optimist. And one one more thing on Silas that I do want to say, um, because, you know, it's it, after the bubble games and Black Lives Matter, and we saw so much, so much stuff about the lack of black coaches in the NBA. Um, you know, it's dope that a non-former player – could get this job finally mm-hmm. after 21 years, right? Like, you know, yeah. literally been coaching and working in the league, whether it be scouting or some type of assistant coach since 1999. Um, and he finally gets his shot. So it was dope to see that. And I think it's important. It, and I think it's something that we should, you know, mm-hmm. all take notice of, man, because, you know, the numbers are not as good as we would like them to be. So it was dope that this guy was able to get a shot here. And he's one of those rare NBA dudes where, like, I've literally never heard a bad word about him. And yep. they, like, coaches can be petty, right? Like, coaches can say some shit about guys, but like, I've never heard a bad word about Steven. Sons. I've had I've had coaches walk up to me before a game over something I said, like like an assistant coach over something I said about their defense. Uh, th- yeah, they can be petty. <laughs> this guy, I I mean, you and I talked about this the other day on the ding. He is, I was just talking about him the day before he was hired because uh, a buddy of mine that works for a team was asking, why hasn't he been hired? He's the best guy, literally never heard anything bad about him. I said, me either. I don't understand it. And then the next day he gets hired. So, yeah, I mean, it's always great when that happens. And then the other thing, you know, yes, we all know his dad and we know who he was, but this guy worked for 21 years as a scout and as an assistant and all these other things like Talk about that first before you bring up the fact that, you know, his dad is Paul Silas. And some of those years were on the Bobcats. Like, he put in his dues. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Work with and some the, really great coaches. And, and I'm pro- excited. probably for cheap, too, working for Michael Jordan. <laughs> oh, boy. I, I'm excited. <laughs> Look, one of the best things about getting new coaches is that we get new ideas. I mean, you know, we, we've all been singing Nick Nurse's praises for the last couple of years because of the the innovations that he's bringing from the other levels that he's coached at, from his time as an assistant, tinkering with stuff. I mean, this is a good thing. Like having new blood in the coaching stream is great for the game. It's how you grow. I mean, Steve, look at what happened when Steve Kerr took over as the Warriors head coach. I mean, he literally changed the sport. So uh, I'm excited to see what a lot of these new guys get to do, um, but especially in Houston with such a talented guy like James Harden. It's going to be a unique situation for a brand new coach. Speaking of Houston, maybe we bring Houston to Philly, guys. Huh? How about that? Daryl Morey taking over the uh, the Philadelphia 76ers. And I'm curious what this means for Elton Brand, like we can talk about, hey, can he get Joel Embiid to to be in shape, right? Like, can he can he get that? Can he get Embiid to to want to like work on his conditioning, be in shape, and be the monster we all know he can be? Is Zach, the system? I, I don't know what it means for Elton Brand, but I know what it means for Maury's family. He's already tired of him. He said when he took on, when he stepped down from Houston, <laughs> it was he was gonna do more family time and all of that. He's already back on the saddle, y'all. Yeah, it's like, funny so. how a five year deal will be like. Well, like, yeah, my family's got it. We're good. We're good. I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned uh, Elton Brand though, because now you got the yep. trifecta of Maury Brand and Rivers all signing for five years. Um, I'm not sure what they're doing over there in Philly, man. <laughs> love Daryl Morey, uh, love Elton Brand, love Doc Rivers, but five is the magic number, apparently. Um, you know, we got our buddy Tom Haberstroh mentioning potentially them going after Shane Battier, who's a basketball development analytics guy over there in Miami, um, yeah. who's also Elton and Daryl's closest friend. Would be interesting to see if loop him in as well. But like you mentioned, you would think that Daryl Morey was like, damn, I need a break after that stressful season. And you know what I mean? Of course, dealing with China and then also just the team, you know, 
being underwhelmed, like, you know what I mean? Like not succeeding as well. And then he takes a job in Philly and you join, you know, you got Doc Rivers and Ellen Brand and just thinking about the things of like what could potentially happen in Philly. Do they keep Ben Simmons? Do they look to move Joel Embiid? Do they keep him there and try to figure things out? You know, you got to make note that Ben Simmons is only taking two three pointers. <laughs> Yeah, and, but I think they were both against the Knicks and the Cavs. And so his don't coach count. had to beg him to do it. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, you got somebody that's like really pulling his leg. You know what I mean? Like, it's a it's an interesting but, situation. Do they bring Sam Hinky back? As a no, Hinky's done, man. Like, he, ain't, he ain't coming back. That dude like, is done like, with the oh, NBA. Man. Like, do you think about that dude's the, in the, the like the tech world? And he's like, hey, I I don't have to think short term about anything in the tech world. It's By all the way, long term. I, I know game. we're not supposed to plug other people's stuff here, but. No, Pablo did should. a damn two-hour podcast with Hinky, and I said, "If this ain't the most Pablo content, oh my god, I'm in the surprised he kept it to two career, hours. Bro. You know, I'm surprised he did. Um, you two know, like, hours, dog. Trey, you, Trey, you bring up you bring up some really good points about you know the whole Mori and, and Philly fit, but I do think like I think the Embiid Simmons part of this is what drew him to Philly because if you think about it. Like he was dying to get stars in Houston. Like once once T Mac and, and Yao were like, you know, were just too broken to be stars, like he was he was constantly trying to figure out how can we remain competitive but go get but find a star. And then he was able to trade for James Harden, and then it was all downhill from there, right? Like it was not easy, but it was, you know, that's the that's kind of the tipping point of him, like, all right, now I got what I what I need to start building. And when you go to Philly, like you've got two stars there. And and we got to remember, like, yes, the you know his 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 extremes when it came to the Rockets towards the end of that thing were taking fifty sixty threes a game, but he's still all about efficiency. And like Embiid is most efficient in the post, right? Ben Simmons can get to the basket seemingly whenever the fuck he wants, and then kick out to shooters because he's a good passer. Like, I think mm-hmm. if you get shooters on that team, you can keep Embiid and Simmons. It's just about where do we find those shooters? I mean, it, Simmons is an analytical darling. Like he creates threes and he shoots at the basket. Like that's fantastic. Does he have holes in his game? Absolutely. But yeah, the problem is just I he mean, doesn't do it in the fourth quarter, right? Like that's well, the, that's the main issue. It, it becomes easier to guard, right? Because the defense is going to tighten up. You know what's coming. You know you know the foul calls aren't coming. You know also, there, there's plenty the of reasons. Al Horford and Furkin Korkmaz, like it's not. A- Right, <laughs> listen. Al Horford's uh, not a stretchy in, big. He's, he's stretchy-ish. <laughs> <laughs> this, this season, Joel and Ben Simmons were plus four point five when they were shared the court together. That's that's net that's rating. Not good enough. They they were plus nine point five the season before. Hmm. And so you know, like a lot of their issues stem from you know the, pairing those two with Al Horford this year. But it's not having a complete roster. Like they just they have never had a primary creator because that's not Ben Simmons. Like we we know that they need a a threat, a, an off the dribble shooting threat. Like if they could find Chris Paul or trade for Chris Paul, it kind of fills that that void for them. And I think they become a totally different team, less predictable. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm sh- I can understand why Maury would want to take the job. You know, it feels like they have young talent and pieces to play with. And, you know, if, if you can say a lot of things about Darren Maury, but you can't say he's not creative and won't be trying to figure out every single way imaginable to make this roster better on the edges. If not, you know, and another thing he's not afraid to do is take a chance and take a big swing. Um, if not, like, yeah. you know, make a crazy move. Like, he's he's shown himself to be that. To Trey's point about, you know, the five-year deals for all these guys, I think autom- um, initially I would have been worried that they hired a freaking coach be- before a GM, which is always just a terrible move. But I don't think Doc is the kind of guy that Maury wouldn't hire. Right. right. Maybe he would have went in some different directions, but I don't think he's somebody that Maury wouldn't have looked at and said, hey, this guy's on the market. We should try to get him. It doesn't seem like Doc's, you know, coaching philosophy or styles are diametrically opposed to what Maury wants to do. So I think that's fine there where, you know, normally we'd be like, that's that's a that's a landmine waiting to be stepped on. So, you know, I, I wonder how Elton Brand fits in that. 
Um, you know, he said in the past, he said a lot of stuff in the past, honestly. He he said that <laughs> remember when he was like, Well, I wasn't really the one making the decisions, and well, yeah, I mean, he kind of threw in. ownership under the bus, which it, yes. like from what I've heard, like it's true, right? Like they decide mm, we can't give Jimmy that that deal and Tobias that deal, and Tobias is younger, so we'll go with Tobias, right? Right. Like, so why wouldn't you just give mm-hmm. Jimmy the deal? <laughs> right. <laughs> great, it, I mean, it's a great question, but <laughs> especially when you throw that money at Al Horford. But, um, but yeah, like Elton, Elton's interesting in here because he's like a guy who took big fucking swings, right? Like yeah. big swings with that roster in a short amount of time, and and Daryl Moore is a guy who loves to make these big moves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that, but that's what it's gonna take, you know. Um, once, once the the faults thing didn't pan out, um, and they sort of just decided, look, man, we're completely and utterly in win now mode, and they got rid of a bunch of stuff to do the Jimmy, to do the Jimmy thing, to do the Tobias thing, to do the Al Horford thing. Um, they sort of they're in that position where they got to do something bold in order to change this roster. They're not going to just be able to just be like, all right, well, we're just going to go along to get along here. This is a win now team. And, you know, I, I, I know, I know people don't want to go there, but I, I'm somebody who's of the mind that I don't know that the two young guys can work together. I'm sure they're going to give it the good old college try this season for sure. Like, I don't think around the draft you're going to be hearing rumors about Ben Simmons or Embiid getting moved. They're going to give it a try. But I'm completely and utterly out on Ben. Like, I, I just I just don't see it. I don't see – like, I don't watch this year's playoffs and envision a scenario where Ben Simmons could be as impactful as, you know, even somebody like a Jokic or Murray. Right. Like and and think about how we thought about Murray going into the playoffs. Can you envision Ben Simmons being as good as he was against the Clippers or at well, moments against the Lakers? Well, we didn't get to see him shooting in the bubble. So true. We didn't get to see him shooting in the bubble. But I also look at that in like if you throw Simmons in that mix in the in the bubble in the playoffs, they still might get swept. Right. Oh yeah. 100%. Like they still might get, and I don't think that's a knock on Simmons. I just think that shows like where that, that Philly Yo, team was. was just how like, serious they were are we examining this injury too? Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. We forgot about back. that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing. It's one of those things where it's like, nah, his back is going to be fine. When yeah, really no, we know that back problems, that's really Wasn't it fine. the kneecap, though? Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man of the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. 
We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Chase Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. I, I thought, thought it was his back. back. Well, he had to... Huh. I mean... I forgot about the knee. It's the knee, man. Jeez. Every day is like a week, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, but forgive really, me. Well, I, I did forget about you the can't knee, say the, well, Hold on. I take issue with something Waz said, because you can't say that the Fultz thing didn't work out. They still have a 2022 second round pick coming from that Markel Fultz Orlando Magic <laughs> trade. They could get you know, the next Draymond Green. Who knows who's going to come knows? out of that trade? So I wouldn't say the full thing didn't work out, Was All right. We still have <laughs> one more piece to that trade to uncover. <laughs> well, okay. But what I will say, and, and another reason um, why you might want to um, be wary of the Ben Simmons situation is we're in full swing of sizzle real season. I ain't seen one jump shot made from Ben Simmons yet. So, yeah, if he yeah, ain't making him in sizzle about real the, season, about the knee, right? he's not oh, making no. him in the real season, y'all. Oh, was. <laughs> yeah, has he even – I haven't seen we him. Saw, he has he put been, one we saw him last out, year, y'all. though. We saw him last year. They could at least put out the old ones. Oh, my goodness. See, this is, I'm telling y'all, man, if you can't do it in sizzle reel, oh, um, no. this is this is it's not looking good for your boy in them jump shots. Because you know damn well if Ben Simmons was making jump shots at workouts, that would have been out there weeks ago. I, I still we don't we think can't the get him at one of these clutch either. workouts. Well, the thing is, I don't think he's ready yet. That's the thing. Like, I mean, it, uh, it takes a while, bro. He didn't, he didn't even will show he up be ready co- December 1st? No. When they throw no. everyone to a training camp? No, he won't. He won't. <laughs> Um, I'm glad you mentioned the clutch workout, Dave, because uh, we had who was it? It was Tyrese Maxey and, and Anthony and Edwards, right? Ant Man, mm-hmm. yes, sir. Yeah, Ant Man, and and afterwards, I think Dwayne Wade said, "Oh, Ant Man's the number one pick," which I don't know if Dwayne <laughs> knows what he's talking about or not. But you know, I think that uh, Anthony Edwards had a had a great shot at being the number one pick anyway. If the Wolves keep the pick, he'll be it. So. Um, By the were, way, James Wiseman said he has wants nothing to do with the Timberwolves. Yeah, they they were um. He's pretty much riding a hot hand off of Tom Tom Green, you know what I mean? Off of like you know co- comparing Victor Oladipo and D Wade and just saying like, oh, yeah. you know, six three to six five can handle the rock, can shoot, can defend, and he can like he can really score, right? Like he's yeah. No, I, I got a chance to see nice him get it. I got a, I got a chance to witness him against uh, uh, Arizona State, and his team got smacked. But he has a profile, you know. I just don't know. If he has that killer mentality, you know what I mean? He was on cruise control the entire time. I know he's very young, um, athletic as hell, can shoot the three, um, can slash, can defend, yeah. can shot block. You know what I mean? It's like crazy athletic. But um, it's interesting, you know, because he didn't shoot the ball really well in this like workout. And like you said, doing the sizzle reel, normally cats just kind of just have a, a field day and look too great from there. But I mean, obviously, it's just adjusting probably to the NBA line and stuff. Um, but he had one of the quotes of the year. I feel like the pandemic was nothing to me. I was already living in a pandemic because all I wanted to do was get better. I think we all want to get better, Anthony Edwards, but <laughs> we got to find some other things. To <laughs> yeah, say. I think we're all trying to find something in the next couple of days to get us better. We we gotta we gotta find another way to get better, man. We, you know, we we yeah. we're spending time with our family. We're walking outside. That's our way of getting better. But you yeah, gotta use yeah. a better quote. Um, we're doing Zoom brunches like this. You know, that's yeah. It was crazy. And then from Maxi on the other side, obviously he's gonna be a guy that kind of slips I, I like a little him, bit longer, man. lower. Yeah. Um, but he mentioned that he was just kind of trying to get his conditioning up, and um, you know, pretty much he added weight. He's like almost two hundred pounds. Um, sounds like a future Miami Heat player to me. <laughs> Just pretty much kind of falling. Like heat the, culture. Heat culture. Yeah. You know what I mean? A guy that's 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 well, probably been promised. You know, like, hey, we're gonna get you. You know, just keep keep at it and, and staying in condition. Um, but you know, like these guys, you know that that kind of segues into the situation of like 
other agents being mad. And I think Dave mentioned earlier in the chat about did sarcastically did, did Clutch create the pro day? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, right. Uh, yeah, this has been done for a while, right? Yeah, yeah. it's been this going on. New, man. Man. You know what? The difference is they're getting credit for it, mm. which sounds like they've got a good marketing team. Step mm. your game up. That's it. Don't complain. Mm. Right? Shouts to the homie Farrah. She does she does a PR over there for Clutch. There you she's go. obviously I mean, really good at what yeah. she does. Yeah, what, she's what's crazy the job of a job, sports like. agency? Uh, Get attention right? for your clients. Yeah, I, I don't care. Like, I don't understand. Like, there's so many people like bitching because you're not willing to do stuff or or to work hard or whatever it is that they're doing that you're not. Yeah. They're just better at it. So get better. Quit complaining. I'm I'm and off that. Can we talk about what Dave is talking about um Berman of the Post put out a quote according to a source some agents were unhappy with the setup feeling it was unwarranted exposure for Rich Paul's clients but the NBA let it go on. Let what go on? What did they let happen? What like like these dudes got to a gym, famous people showed up and so people covered it. What like what, what, I don't understand what the NBA is supposed to be stepping in front of here. If some other agency wanted to do this for their clients and they had the juice to get their established pro celebrity clients to show up and support the kids, then they could have did that. Nobody was stopping you. It's not like <laughs> there's some rule in place against this and Clutch is circumventing the rule. This is not, there's no rules against this. Right. There's they no rules. They just went ahead and did it. Was let me ask you a couple questions, okay? Um, who is Anthony Edwards' agent? Rich Paul. Okay, who's Tyrese Maxey's agent? Rich Paul. Why the fuck wouldn't they be there? Right? <laughs> like, that, that's it. The agency. And every client that Rich Paul has was there to support the future clients. Right? That, what that's is what you deal? do as an agency. Now. Who cares? Look, now, and, and a few days ago, we put out a story where there was an anonymous agent doing more carping and bitching, essentially insinuating that Clutch actually screws their clients. Um, the, the people are on clutch again, screwed LeBron James. They have LeBron James recruiting on clutch's behalf. Yada, 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 crying, 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 bitching, 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 moaning, 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 sounding like scrubs, losers. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and my question was, is clutch the only agency that does stuff underhanded or whatever that agents don't fit like what they do. If the question, if the answer right. is no, why the fuck don't I ever hear about any other agency? I never so the, hear the, it. The one guy, the one guy I only ever heard that kind of stuff about was Dan Fagan, right? Who's no rest longer in peace. Us. Um, yeah, rest in peace. But yeah, like that, no, it's a, but it's a, still a, a valid point, right? Like I remember Dan Fagan getting that treatment, but it wasn't like this. No. It wasn't like this. Like, if you have an issue with that, like Jeff Schwartz, Mark Bartlestein, uh, who else is there? Like Bill Duffy, like Aaron Goodwin, you name yeah, it. Yeah, they, they go have your own day. Where go have your own day where your clients show up and hard. support that dude. Nobody yeah, it's ever really says, not hard Yo, at all. I don't like how CAA is conducting business. It never happens. Yeah, they run the Knicks. <laughs> they all have, they all have facilities. I don't understand why they're not doing it. It's just, I, I just like, I, it's just weird to me again that Clutch would be singled out. Like, if you, if unless you're telling me, which nobody would say that, unless you're telling me, no, Clutch is actually doing things different somehow than everybody else. Like materially, it's different. Tangibly, I think you're doing different. them out loud. There you go, and that's the difference, right? But like, we live in an out loud society. But you know the stereotype is black people we loud, Dave. So, you know, be careful. Well, like that. I, I wasn't. That's, that's not what I was you mean, insinuating. You mean podcast? Was. Don't you podcast? Yeah, let me turn the game but, down you know, on this thing. But, but but that's the thing, right? Like, um, I'm sure that there's a little bit of dog whistling involved in this Always, as well. I mean, every yeah, time. But but the thing is that they're just doing it and being front facing about the stuff that they do, and, and so to a certain degree, you know, I, I respect it more. Because they are actually doing the job of the agency, which is to get more money for their clients. And this thing where, like, there's this this false narrative about them screwing guys in favor of LeBron and all this stuff. They're, I think they have two clients that that you could go back and say, okay, not taking the rookie extension was a mistake. 
Right. Nerlens and and KCP. And KCP, KCP it turns out. some change out of this, Well, hold man. on. I was going to say, they, they took, KCP got taken care of a little bit. He still lost money, right? Like, at the end of the day, right. he probably loses money. But with that being said, he's probably having a got better career because he got term. out of Detroit. Yeah. Exactly. So he got out of Detroit. Term. He got that bracelet off. He got that ring on. Like, he's uh, good. Yeah. And so... <laughs> Shouts to KCP, man. Legend. Shouts legend. To KCP. Legend. Boy played. He is a legend. Boy, boy Trey, he uh. played with an ankle bracelet. Bro, he was going on, to jail <laughs> in away games. He, he popped the three with an ankle bracelet. No, no. He was going to jail on away games and play at home games. I don't want to hear nobody else say anything about this man ever again. Right. Like, like so, no, let that, well, you again, know, let that y'all love about that My team. man was a legit, yeah. he was legit going to jail. He was on house jail. arrest. One of the funniest arrest. things, though, one of the funniest, funniest KCP things, though, is like, like, oh, well, the Lakers paid him a lot, and he got there, and he's like set the table for LeBron to come. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure Rich Paul could have gotten the Lakers on the phone anyway. Yeah. Pretty right? Much, like, yeah. I don't think he needed right. KCP as a Trojan horse Yeah, to get in. There. Like, I'm all for making the jokes about it, but, like, there are people who are, like, think it's shady that the Lakers paid KCP extra, you know, more right. money than maybe he was worth. I'm like, that's how that worked. Like, Nikola Pekovic got $60 million because they wanted to re-sign Kevin Love, who, they, by the way, mm-hmm. same agent. Hey, let me ask y'all something, man. Let me respect the Lakers' third best player, man. Let me let me tell you what was more egregious than what the Lakers did. Talking Javale now. Let me tell you what was more egregious than what the Lakers did when they traded Chris Stapps for Zingas because they thought they was getting Kyrie and KD and didn't get him. That's that's straight up blow the organization up. (laughs) Like straight up, just get rid of the team. Get get like, like blow them up, nuke them. That's it. The Lakers overpaying for KCP as some sort of smoke signal to LeBron, like, yo, the waters are warm in here, man. Come on in, you know? Like, I don't understand how, how anybody could be like, like that's some messed up crazy thing. Like, LeBron didn't know the Lakers were in L.A. before KCP <laughs> right. went there. Well, they're not making movies in uh, Orlando. <laughs> They I don't know, they got a Universal Miami, Studios though, babe, there. Maybe you are. just different type of movie. <laughs> Maybe they are. Oh. <laughs> I think that's more Tampa than anything. Oh, no, no, no. You gotta click that, Jason. All right, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right we also have... Uh, we, got, we can hash out some of the season start stuff. Uh, we got full-on negotiating through the media with mm-hmm. the season restart. All right, like a week, uh, a little over a week ago, we got the... The uh, Board of Governors saying, hey, we want to start December 22nd. Let's go. And then Michelle Roberts was like, ah, we got this deadline. We don't think we're going to hit this deadline to agree to this uh, because there's too much to figure out. There's no common sense in that. And then uh, Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports said there was a faction of players that wanted an MLK Day start, right? And then we get a leak uh, to from the seemingly the ownership side, Board of Governors, where um, they say, well, you know, if you're going to do this, like it's going to cost us $500 million to a billion dollars of not starting in, in December around Christmas time. And, and by the way, uh, on top of that, yeah, we probably if we want to start in January, uh, I think we'll just we'll cut it to a 50 game season. You know, we'll just do 50. No need for the 72. We'll just do 50. And by the way, that's going to lower your money. And we're throwing 40 percent of your earnings into into escrow anyway because we got to make sure that we got the money yeah um and then it's like well we got till friday to figure this out we need an agreement by friday and then both sides like yeah we'll just extend this and so Mm -hmm. i think like i think we could legitimately go until like maybe a week before thanksgiving before they have to legitimately say yes we agree to this because back in the lockout season christmas yeah back in the lockout season until march they had two weeks well, no, I think now, I think I think it is going to I think we'll have Christmas Day. I, mean, I really do. You think I so? think so, too. I think, I think they're the, trying think to preserve the will, the will is there to do it because the numbers were so trash going up against the NFL and MLB and yada, yada, yada. I think the will is there to do it to get the seasons back on schedule. Yeah, so I think the only the only reason they, June and do all of that. Yep. Yeah. The only reason I, I, is if they thought that well, we also got. OK, no, Olympics. actually, we can get people in the stands. If we wait the NBA until March. doesn't care about the Olympics. No, the NBA doesn't care the TV, about the Olympics, but the TV, the TV does. does, and the TV yeah, matters. Casuals, everything around me, exactly. The money. Yep. And I think that I think that the internal data must be 
really, really driving this like, hey, we got to finish before, you know, June, July. And it's also so that the season after this one that's about to come up so that it could start on freaking October and in June. They're taking taking like a four to five billion dollar hit this season uh, in terms of revenue because there's no uh, because there's no fans in the stands. Right. And so if you can live through that financially and then get 21, 22 back on track and get fans back in the stands for that, which even the start of that season might be rough getting fans in the, in the stands. But if you can do that, then everything is back on schedule. You've kept your head above water enough that you're not drowning and everything's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're going to get a lot of negotiating through the media and you don't, you only need about two weeks before they say like, all right, everyone report on this date. And and that's what they did in the lockout season. And here's what I'll say about the players and while I understand their gripes, I just wish they would understand this. Um, your role in all of this is to play, right? Um, that's what y'all do. That's y'all role here. Y'all take on that burden to put on the show. That's that's what y'all do here. What I will say is next time y'all negotiating with these fools, there needs to be an understanding that when Les Alexander sells his team to Tillman Furtada for $2.2 billion, nobody else shares in that. That's his, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, while the money's coming in, while he's an owner, he shares that with the players. And whenever he has to take a hit, which I would imagine is rarely, if ever, the burdens are shared with the players. When he sells that damn team, the p- nobody else gets money from that. That's his money, right? And so... Before we get to this point, they need to think about the fact next time they're negotiating with these fools, it's like, no, it's not my job to get the KCPs of the world paid. It's y'all job. Because when the Miller family sells that team for $1.7 billion in freaking Salt Lake City, Utah, okay, they don't have to share that money with anybody. That's theirs. So on the front end, they need to be incurring more risks. You know, um, and I just hope that the players would learn that lesson. One, just you see, like, even when they say the health of the NBA is blah, 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 this, this, and that, and third, fucking Utah can sell for $1.7 billion. I don't even want to know what the Knicks would get in the open market if that's the case, right? Or the Lakers, God forbid. Um, They need to, you know, they need to, to think about that. But as it stands now, your job is to play. And so y'all going to have to go out and play. <laughs> that's, that's, just, right. that's just they what will. it comes down to. They will get back on schedule one way or the other. Yep. That that is a given. That is happening. Yeah, all the yeah, the idea of like, ah, let's test out a normal year in the summer. I think we're good on that. Yeah, I think that's over. Yeah. For you know, just about everybody. It it's uh I I I don't know. I it Christmas feels like it's gonna happen. And Zach, you and I talked about this last week too. August, everyone was thinking it was gonna be February. So they must have gotten a lot of information from these playoffs. Dave, like the day after the finals, everybody thought it was going to be February. Not yeah. just August. Like that was like, like the day, the day, the morning of the board of governors meeting. No one was thinking December. Yeah. It was like everyone had a second to catch their breath and they were like, we are never doing this again. Not this time of year just cannot happen. So, I mean, I, I'm expecting at this point, it's going to be Christmas and uh, we'll be having the finals July. Yeah, I mean, I think that's I think that's about right. When are we getting summer league back? Jesus, man! I, Next summer, I need to well, get back it, to the desert, y'all. I, come on, man! Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh yeah! Now your official capacity was. Uh, come now on, man! Yeah. Come on, Papa! Papa needs a new car now. Come on now! No, we hitting the slot, Zach. Come on, that's all. Oh, that's doing. what it is. Oh, we just okay. hitting, the hitting the slots. That's yeah, all. Sure. That's yeah, all. That's what that means. Um, <laughs> one last, one last subject that Trey just dropped in the chat is fuck. It has me howling here. <laughs> Stephon Marbury has a problem with analysts that never play basketball. By the way, Stephon Marbury blocked me on Twitter years ago, and I don't know why. Um, you can't break the game down to me if you never played at this level before. If you never had sex before and you're virgin, you can't tell me how it is to bust a nut. <laughs> That's from heavy.com. I mean, it's hard to argue that he's wrong. 
Look, man. No, that that disqualifies a lot of us. First of all, we shouldn't even be. We wouldn't even be doing this podcast if that was a real thing. We get I mean, no Marv yo, Albert. We get no Jeff Van Gundy. We get, first of all, this listen, is this is my issue. But you know, we would we get, we would get Marv Albert on that second subject, though. I'll tell you that much. Oh no! All right, relax, <laughs> relax. All right. relax. 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 After dark. Here's the thing about that. Uh, one, you know how to bust a nut if you're a virgin. Yo, yeah. What is he talking about? Yeah. I don't know. Probably pretty good at it. I mean, look, I was an I expert on that before I, yeah, before I, I never had sex. All of us, man. Also, here, this is the analogy I would use, Stefan, is I don't have to be a chef to know if something tastes good. Right. Ooh. Right? Mm, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now you also gotta, use good. that in the sex world if you I want. That's up to you. You didn't know if something tastes good either, Zach. Oh know? boy. Oh, <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. is crazy, man. That, but it is like it's it like that. If that's a real quote, and it seems like it might be, that's fucking hilarious, man. Like I, I do have like Dave. To your point, I have an issue with a lot of this gatekeeping bullshit. Mm-hmm. But that is that's funny. a quote that will put me on the gatekeeping side, <laughs> even if it affects me and, negatively. And, and, and and I want to tell people there's oftentimes the term like barbershop talk gets thrown mm-hmm. around on the internet sure. and in spaces that is barbershop chat distilled in one mm-hmm. beautiful quote that's that's it right there that's it that analogy to having sex and understanding NBA basketball just priceless I love it look man you Support can't black barbers y'all yeah <laughs> look you can't. No, a horn set if you haven't had a pay, pay off for being horny. I've always said that, okay? <laughs> Man, you busted, can't, not. if you've never dunked <laughs> a basketball, <laughs> was you don't know it. Oh, boy. All right? All right. That's, that's, that's our enough. show for today. That's enough. <laughs> that's it for today. Make sure you check out the restricted area, the new YouTube show from The Athletic on The Athletic's YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you like. Make sure you leave a nice comment. Make sure you share it on all social medias. Make sure you're checking out The Athletic NBA Show every day of the week. We got Tampering on Tuesday, Hoops Adjacent on Wednesday, Point of Contention on Thursday, and Nerd She Wrote on Friday. Check out No Dunks. Check out all the team-specific shows on The Athletic Podcast Network. Make sure you subscribe to The Athletic. If you're not, you're missing out on the best coverage, and we got the best draft coverage coming up on the internet over the next couple of weeks as we prepare for the chaos that will be a pretty short NBA offseason. For Trevon Edwards, for Wazin Lambert, for Dave DeFore, Jade Hoy, I'm Zach Harbor. Keep it locked in on The Athletic. Peace. I love y'all.